There was a gentleman that met with his pastor one day. He was an elderly man, and he asked the pastor if he would perform a wedding for him. And the pastor asked to whom he was going to be married. And the man explained to him how he and his wife had been married before. They'd been married to each other. For over 30 years ago, they got into a heated argument and they separated. And then they got a divorce. And it took them 30 years of living alone to see just how foolish they had been. And now they wanted to remarry, hoping that the Lord would give them just a few years of happiness together before they died. Now, you know, we can see situations like this all around us where homes are just torn apart by bitterness. Bitterness is uh, one of uh, the enemy's just favorite tools to use to kill and to steal and to destroy and to keep us from having that abundant life that the Lord went to the cross and died for us so that we could have. Bitterness not only poisons those around you, but if not dealt with, according to scripture, it will also poison you. Now, sadly, many people in our country today are bound by bitterness. And I find myself, this is one of the reasons why I'm starting this new series I'll tell you about in just a moment. But every time I look at the news, it's hard to not get bitter. Every time, uh, just, just all sorts of situations all around that I'll find myself having to prayerfully guard my heart to keep from falling into bitterness. And so uh, as our country grows more and more separated from God and more and more uh, individually self-centered with people thinking that the world revolves around them and not giving place to God, I'm afraid we're going to see more and more people just stuck in bitterness because they don't have the Lord to deliver them and to get them out of it. And so we're going to start this new series today that I'm going to just call it, If the Son Makes You Free. And uh, it comes from where Jesus and John, the eighth chapter, uh, the 36th verse, he's telling a group of people, so if the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed. And then in another place in Scripture, in Luke, the fourth chapter, uh, the 17th of the 21st verses, we read where Jesus declared one of his missions here on earth as he began his ministry. He says, I'm going to just quote, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. It says that then he closed this book in the synagogue and gave it back to the attendant and sat down 
And it says that all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he said to them, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If you look at the different parts of Jesus' mission statement, you can sum them all up in saying that he came to free us from our past so we can really live in connection with the Lord in the present and look forward with hope and joy to the future. Today, we're going to be looking at the sin of bitterness. And yeah, bitterness isn't just a, uh, uh, an emotion. It is a product of harboring unforgiveness. It's a product of a lot of things that I'll get into in just a minute. But uh, in this passage, I just want us to back up and look at what it says in uh, Hebrews, the 12th chapter. He says, in this age, and he's addressing us today, in this age where people are so antagonistic toward each other, where people are being so ugly with each other, where people just seem to be picking fights with each other, uh, even when they're supposed to be friends on Facebook, you know? I mean, it's weird, you know? Uh, people just fight all over the place nowadays. Into all of this chaos, we hear these words from our Lord God. Pursue peace with all people and the sanctification without which no one will see God. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble and by it many be defiled. See to it that no bitter root grows up, consumes your heart, takes over, and produces a very poisonous fruit that would defile many people. Because that's what bitterness does. See to it that no bitter root grows up in you. Now, as we begin to look at bitterness, there are two biblical facts that I want to share with you about bitterness. The first one is this. Bitterness has a dangerous root. Scripture is very, very clear. See to it. You've got to watch out for it. You've got to prayerfully consider it whenever you start seeing it coming or feel it coming on. See to it that no bitter root grows up. Nip it. Stop it before it gets started. So how does a bitter root start? Bitterness, you, you, you can look at people and you can just label some people say, that is a bitter person. And generally, most of the bitter people I can think about are also mean. Have you ever noticed that? Bitter because they're going to be sarcastic. They're going to be cutting. They're going to just chop your legs out from under you in some way or another verbally. Uh, but it all began, that's the way they are now. But every time you see a person like that, you know that it, it began in the past. There was something that happened, something that brought them to the place to where their hearts are now filled with bitterness. There's a place in the past. A bitter root starts. It uh, grows in the soil of a hurt that's been dealt with 
not properly, a hurt that hasn't been dealt with properly. It grows in the soil of a wounded heart, an injury, a hurt, a disappointment, or a frustration. Someone betrays you, and instead of handling it scripturally, you absorb the hurt. And that's what roots do. Roots absorb, and roots grow, and roots store. That's what they do. Scripture says that love keeps no record of wrong. If you'll look in Second uh, in 1 Corinthians 13th chapter, love keeps no record of wrong. If someone hurts you and you love them, you forgive them. You let it go. You show grace. You show mercy. You show compassion. You show forgiveness. Love keeps no records of wrong. But bitterness keeps detailed records of wrong, doesn't it? So-and-so did this to me. And I remember it and then I play it. I just play it over and over in my head. And I think, now here's what I should have said. And next time if I ever cross them again and, and if they do, then this is, and you just play the scenario out, a scenario that's probably I've discovered after practicing this for years, uh, I have discovered that so many of those conversations never come about. I've been disappointed sometimes whenever people start being nice to me when I was just ready. Anyway, <laughs> those bitter roots, they absorb the hurts and they store it. And when these roots do that, these roots start to grow and bitterness produces a dangerous root. Now, the second thing, bitterness produces a poisonous fruit. Out of this dangerous root of bitterness, our lives start to exude hatred and anger and rage. And sometimes it just totally poisons relationships. In fact, I like the way the New Living uh, Translation translates verse 15. It says this, whenever the bitter root springs up, many are corrupted by its poison. Whenever a bitter root grows up, many people, including you, will be corrupted by its poison. Have you ever noticed this? At work, you can have one bitter person, and that one bitter person can totally change the climate of an entire office. Their negativity and bitterness can totally kill a very positive atmosphere. The same is true with families. Maybe you've experienced this. You can take one bitter family member and they can totally disrupt the unity and love and harmony in a family. You can see it in teenagers. You take a group of great kids, just really good kids, and you drop in the middle of them one bitter, angry, rebellious kid, and all of a sudden, the whole group starts to trend in the wrong direction. Bitterness produces a very, very poisonous fruit. Now, I'm going to share with you five qualities of bitter people. And uh, as I do so, I, I know that you're probably going to think of someone that fits this description, but also keep your 
spiritual mind. Keep your spiritual eyes and ears and heart open because and also be prepared to get your toes to stepped on. That's what gets stepped on. That's what I'm trying to say. You may find yourself in here. I find myself in here. I'll go ahead and tell you. Number one quality, if you're taking notes, is that bitter people, they tend to justify their bitterness. They tend to justify it. They think, okay, now after what this person did to me, you know the fact that I'm angry. Well, I deserve to be angry. I have every right to be angry after what they did. You could only expect that I would want to be vengeful and have hateful thoughts toward this person or not wish them well because after what they did to me, they deserve to have something bad happen to them. Uh, many of us, if we're bitter, will justify it because we were a victim and we think we have a right to be bitter. Second quality, bitter people tend to be overly critical. If you're bitter against someone, you will never look at that person objectively again. And you see this happening over and over again. I've had it happen to me. You pick them apart, everything they do. I have had people that just sat in church waiting for me to stumble or use the wrong word. Just looking, just looking for one thing wrong so they could run to the district superintendent and complain. I mean, it was incredible. Uh, through people like that, I've grown very close and gotten to be good friends with district superintendents who are now bishops. And uh, I had them just call me in and say, Joel, why do these people even come to church? <laughs> and uh, anyway, but the thing is, uh, I've had people do that. I've had people just, but one thing I've learned, whatever you have enemies like that, they help you because you do start to watch your words a lot more. You measure them. You make sure it's a shame to live in that bondage, but bitter people can put other people in bondage. You see, they can stifle their freedom of expression and speech and uh, it just happens. So uh, anyway, they can become overly critical. And uh, ah, ah, here she comes, uh, you know, and just strutting in like that with her brand new purse and who she thinks she should try to impress. You know, anyway, you'll just no matter what's going on, a guy comes into your office. They, oh, Mr. Cocky, come on in. Uh, you may be try, they may be trying to be nice to you. And what you're thinking is, oh, yeah, just trying to suck up hot dog. Yeah. And uh, just your attitude will be wrong. Let's face it. So in marriages, your spouse hurts you and you can become bitter for the rest of your life. Yeah, he can't do anything right. You know, it'll just stay there and it'll poison a marriage. Third quality. They secretly celebrate the misfortunes of others. I've caught myself doing this. And if I am bitter uh, and something bad happens I'm, oh, yeah, well, that's just God evening out the score. Yeah. Scripture says you reap what you sow. So I'm glad to see you reaping right now. You know, that's the way you can feel in your heart. Uh, you can secretly celebrate their misfortunes. You know, like if you're driving down the road and 
I do, every time we come to San Philip, we see that when this happens to us, where some some crazy person going, meow, you're just taken down the road, and uh, you know, and anyway, ninety miles an hour, and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, Mister Ms. Important, uh, and ten miles later, they're pulled over by the cop, and you're like, uh huh, uh huh, yeah, uh huh, uh, who's going to be there last now, huh? Yeah. Anyway, and in your heart, you're celebrating their misfortune. Now, a fourth quality of bitter people, they tend to write off entire groups of people. They'll be hurt by one person or two people. And so they write off an entire group of people. I know uh, some of them have run across women who'd been hurt by one man or maybe two and understandably they were hurt but all of a sudden they hate all men all men are bad guys will do that with women too uh, some gal will cheat on a guy and the next thing you know you can't trust women you know that's uh, just group them all together and uh you can't trust a single woman they'll mess around on you you know anyway Sometimes I'll meet a person that'll ask me, what do you do for a living? And I'll say, I'm a pastor. And they oh, and their eyes will kind of cut. And uh, sometimes it's because they realize they've been cussing way too much and something like that. But other times, other times it's because they've been hurt by a pastor in the past. Or maybe someone they love was hurt by a pastor in the past. And they've just lumped all pastors together. And I'm just a, the current representative of a group that they are holding bitterness toward. Well, uh, they'll do churches that way. They'll hate all churches because they got were dealt badly in one church. People write off whole political parties. And uh, I'll just leave it at that and then move on to number five. Bitter people have a hard time seeing bitterness in the mirror. They have a hard time. They can see it in somebody next to them. Some of you right now, you're thinking, oh man, if so-and-so was here, I just wish they were here. We're good low attendance and so-and-so really need to be here so they could hear that. I'll have to mention it to them. So listen to the podcast, you know, or I'll email that podcast to them because they really need to hear this. And then someone sitting right next to you thinking, Boy, they really need to hear this, you know, talking about you and their hearts. So because it's so hard to see, it's easy to see in other people. But sometimes just like a lot of other things that we really need to work on, it's so hard to see in ourselves. And so uh, my prayer this morning has been that the Lord would give you eyes to see because he's shown me some roots of bitterness in my life in the past that have just set me free. And the Lord can set you free. So I want to raise a question to help bring awareness to you. With whom or what are you bitter? Honestly, before God in your heart. Don't say it out loud, please. But in your heart, just think, whom or what am I finding myself bitter toward? It may be, that one's roots just beginning to grow and the Lord's helping you to see you need to nip it right now. You need to root it out. You need to stomp on it. 
kill it right now. But uh, anyway, uh, it could be someone's been telling lies about you and spreading rumors and you're just bitter. could be something more personal. It could be at one or both of your parents. Uh, you're bitter toward them. Maybe your dad wasn't there for you like you knew he should have been. Or maybe he was abusive to you or to your mom. Or maybe he wasn't good to your mom or he left you or your mom was violent at times or uh, she drank too much or she played favorites in the family. You know, there's just all sorts of different things. Maybe you're bitter towards someone who took advantage of you when you tried to help them and they abused your generosity. Or perhaps you loaned them money and they never paid you back. Uh, or maybe it was a long trusted friend who just betrayed you. Or I've seen marriages where something happened years and years ago and that marriage has been poisoned by that ever since because it's never been dealt with and it poisons not just the relationship between husband and wife, but also it poisons the kids. You see this a lot in divorce. It's touched a lot of us in one way or another. When divorce happens, usually both people are wrong at some level if they'll admit it. And yet it's so common to see the spouse just despise the ex and hate them. And what does that do? That fruit of bitterness, that poison just slops over onto their kids and everybody around. And I know a lot of people are bitter at God. God, I prayed and I asked you to do this and you didn't do it. If you'd only done what I asked you to do, uh, what you could have done, you could have done it, but you didn't. A lot of people are bitter at themselves. How could I have been so stupid? How could I have been so foolish? That one mistake, look what it's cost me. And then this is an area for me because I tend to forgive people who hurt me rather quickly because I get a lot of that. But what's harder for me is someone who hurts somebody that I love. It's hard. I can, I can, me, I care less. I don't, I really have learned to practice not taking into account a wrong suffered. But whenever it's somebody I love, that's different. With whom or what are you bitter? The message this morning is the Lord wants you to be free from it. As was said earlier, you could define Jesus' mission. He wants to free you from your past so you can be here and enjoy the present and look forward to the future. So what do you do? First of all, you acknowledge it. If you have bitterness in your heart, admit it. You've got to admit it. You, uh, the Lord is a God of truth. He deals with truth. I saw this cartoon the other day where this ostrich had its head stuck down the sand and a lion is standing there talking to it. It says, I've got, uh, got bad news for you and more bad news for you. First of all, I can still see you. And secondly, that's my uh, litter box that you've got your head stuck in. 
trying to hide our, dig our heads in the sand and, and ignore the truth doesn't bring about any good result. He's a God of truth. He is the truth. And he will help you when you are honest with yourself and you are honest with him. Don't brush it away. Acknowledge it. Because the longer you let the root grow, the more dangerous it is and the harder it can be to kill. So how do we kill that root? A one word sentence. Forgive. I know that's not the word you wanted to hear, but that's the answer. Forgive. It's the only answer. It's with forgiveness. And yet, just whenever I say that, I know a lot of you are thinking that you've been wounded so deeply that you don't even want to think about forgiving yet. But this is how the Lord sets you free. I can tell you this from experience. No matter how much you feel you have a right to hang on to it, it's not just hurting you. It's hurting everybody around you and it's killing you inside. You've got to let it go. It's the only way that I have found. You can try to justify it. Now, let me tell you this. The Lord doesn't want you to forgive because he's taking that other person's side. He's on your side. And he, if they have vengeance coming, he says, vengeance is mine and he will repay. But the thing is, it's not because he's on their side and not your side. It's because he is so on your side, he doesn't want you to become like them. And if you hang on to your bitterness, you're going to become a person just like the person that you're bitter toward. And that's not what he wants. He wants to keep you with him. He doesn't want you going over the dark side or staying on the dark side. But... I can, I can attest to this. There were times growing up, whenever one significant person in my life, I would think, I never want to be like them. And then when the Lord began to show me myself, I had become just like that person in different ways of different avenues, but I was still having the, showing the same traits of that person that I was harboring bitterness and unforgiveness toward. And it's not until you let them go and the bitterness toward them go that you can be freed from them and not being shaped by the enemy to be like them. The very thing that you hate, the enemy is going to try to help you to become. And so I want to encourage you to forgive. You forgive, you get rid of bitterness with forgiveness forgiveness. 